Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. If you want to date somebody, you have to date it secretly. You can't tell. Neither the boy nor the girl. He sends a photo of himself, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm getting married! Brains are on the ceiling, you're right, bits falling down, you know, this living room now is a hot mess. But it's a happy mess. It's a real happy mess. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Jessica Hankin. And I am Laura Wexler, and this week on the podcast, Trick or Treat. Three tales of tricking and being tricked and not very much treating. Hmm. Before we get started, we want to thank Mend Acupuncture, uh, named Best Place to Get Poked, which offers enjoyable and low-stress acupuncture sessions starting at $35 a session in the Baltimore area. I don't know of any high-stress I know. I feel sessions. like if it was... <laughs> If it were high stress, that would, you would feel like one step forward, two steps back. Kind but of you know thing. what? Maybe we're just, I mean, we're just old pros at getting poked. So nothing. But also, what is also true is that with um, virtual therapy, I've talked to a bunch of therapists who've said they think it's working for some of their patients really well because there's not the actual stress of having to get to the office and park and all that, mm-hmm. like in worrying you're going to be late, et cetera. So, I just think that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Okay. All right. So speaking of interesting, (laughs) our first storyteller. Okay. So this gentleman is the father of a woman named Manisha Alwalia. And she is actually going to be sharing a story on next week's podcast. Uh, But this week, we have a tale from her father. Surrender Aliwalia. And he shared a story, he put his name in the hat and got picked to come up at our show this past Monday, which was our first live in-person indoor show at the beautiful Center Stage Theater since February 2019. And it was so awesome to be it back was so in person. Awesome to be oh back my in God. person. And we know for sure it was not a super spreader event because we would have found out by now. So boom, <laughs> follow the science and oh, stop. We follow the science. We required vaccinations. Everyone wore the masks, social distance. It was fine. So fine. It was great. People were so happy to be there. The stories were wonderful. And so this first story is is a slow burner and you won't realize what the tricking is in the story until you get very close to the end. So hang in and take a listen to Surrender Aliwalia's story. Please understand that I'm not, I'm not a public speaker, okay? Anytime the audience is less than 1,000, I kind of get nervous. So... Uh, I do have a story to tell, though. Uh, how many of you can tell that I'm from another country? For, for your knowledge, I'm from India. I've been here since 1972. Back in India, 
before I came here, I wanted to get married. If you know anything about India, the culture over there is if you want to date somebody, you have to date it secretly. You can't tell. Neither the boy nor the girl. But most everybody still did it. And I was one of them. My current wife is one of the ones that I wanted to get married to. So I had a plan. My plan was to, since I was pretty good in math, I'm an engineer by profession, by the way. So I was very good in math. So I said, okay, your daughter is kind of weak in math. So can I be her teacher? And it was free of cost. I was not going to charge them anything. They welcomed me. Anytime I wanted to go to their home and teach their daughter. After a couple of years, I started teaching her how 2 plus 2 equals to 5. And 5 was my code word, code number. 5 could mean minutes. 5 could mean 5 months. 5 could mean 5 years. That means we'll keep on seeing each other until we can get married. I got the visa to come here and I had only four months to prepare for it. And I didn't want to come here without getting married to my love. So what do I do? I break the story to them through my parents and they immediately rejected it. And guess what happens when you are rejected? You get more emboldened. You get more powerful. You start thinking. And I started thinking. I sent everybody in my family one by one and they, every time there was a no, no, no. What was my reason, for, for their reason for rejecting me? I'm the most ugly man in the world. There's nothing I could do about that. I couldn't change it. So then they decided, well, the other thing is you don't belong to our community. That was another problem. So I could not overcome that. And then it was only 40 days for me to get here, otherwise my visa will expire. And they didn't see it coming, and I didn't see it coming. So what I decided to do was, I took my mom with me to their home, and literally told them, I am going to defame your daughter that she has been going around with me for the last five years. And nobody's going to get married to her then anymore. I am your only choice. Take it or leave it. This is the time to do it. With that said, I literally went to one of their neighbors and told them the same thing. And that the neighbor happened to know me so well, they went to their home. Hey, this guy was telling this to us. Do you know? They got scared. 
They didn't know it was coming to them. Same evening at 11 p.m., I was fast asleep on my outdoor. It was summer, July 1972. And one of her aunts comes, Surinder, everything is all right. I said, what do you mean everything is all right? Oh, they have decided to accept you. I said, accept me for what? They will now marry their daughter to you. I said, when? I'm leaving pretty soon. Oh, tomorrow morning is engagement. And day after tomorrow is your wedding. (laughs) And this has never happened before. Her father-in-law invited me to come to their home and take him with me to go shopping for a ring. No plans for ring before. So I got the ring. And we get married. And we come here. I did not see it coming. I cannot believe that today. 49 years has gone by. Meet my wife from... 49 years ago, and known her since 19, what? Kantalu Walia? Can you stand up, please? Be recognized. (laughs) Take, Take your mask away. Now, can you see her? Why I was so mad about her? Love you. So, Manisha's mom and father were both so charming and clearly they are incredibly loving wonderful family uh, with mom and dad having been married for decades but (laughs) there was a part of me that was like oh that could have really gone very wrong (laughs) yeah it's the kind of thing where like (laughs) since it's a been a happy almost 50 years you're like okay yeah the means justified the end but (laughs) He did like threaten to destroy yes. her reputation yeah. and leave her a old maid, you know, and you don't like, you really can't mess around with that. Or like people get killed, like honor killings and yeah. stuff like that. So. But um, it didn't work out that way. For them yeah, no. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Great. So that's our first story. And before we get on to our second story, we want to thank Baltimore Magazine, which is a great home for Baltimore stories and keeping tabs on everything that's going on in the city. They're great people. Check them out online or on the newsstand where you can actually buy the magazine or subscribe. It's a great magazine to to keep up with the city. And I really like it. I look forward to it every time it arrives. We both really like it. And we have (laughs) been featured in it, but that is not why we like it. Oh, no. God, no. I mean, we like it just, I would like it if it had never even known who I was, which, yeah. Anyway, so our next storyteller is Amelia Miller, who also uh, shared this at the same uh, show that Surrender shared his story. And um, she was an audience storyteller as well. So she has a lot of good adrenaline fueling her sharing of this story. And you can learn more about her. She's a great writer and just um, 
champion of health and uh, survival uh, at AmeliaClaireMiller.com. Yep. And I want, we want to caution our alert um, listeners to what seems like heckling from the audience, but is really her boyfriend saying again and again how hot she is and getting, you know, sort of fake jealous about like the content of this story, but it was, it was all okay. (laughs) Yeah, if it had gone on much longer, it would not have been okay, but it was okay. All right, Amelia. Hi. Um, So interesting tidbit. Um, I think I've been to like four or five um, Stoop Storytelling Nights. I think four. And three of the four, my name has been drawn for stories. Um, So I don't know what that's about, but here I am again. Um, Okay. That's my boyfriend. Um, (laughs) So I don't know how much he's going to like this story. Um, So before I met him, um, I was single and um, decided, you know, I was looking good one night and just needed to go to the grocery store, right? Sometimes you're looking good and you're like, I have nowhere to go. I'm going to Harris Teeter. So that is where I went, to Harris Teeter. And I'm walking through the aisles. I'm going to get some frosted mini-meats because that's, like, by far the best cereal and best dessert. Highly recommend that. So going to get some frosted mini-meats. Make a little pit stop through the frozen pizza aisle, though, because, you know, pizza is life. Um, So strolling through the pizza aisle, and I see, I see this cute guy, right? He's getting his pizza. Okay, let's not heckle. Come on. Um, I see this cute guy, and I decide I'm going to get his intention. So I'm, I'm strolling by. I do my best little, like, you know, hair flip. And, like, saunter by. Nothing. Like, literally, not a second look. Nothing at all. So I do, I, I make a lap. I come back around. Still nothing. Like, I'm getting no reaction from this guy. So I, like, give up. I'm like, whatever, whatever. He doesn't know what he's missing. So I go home. I text my friend. And she's like, you should post about it on Craigslist Misconnections. And I'm like, okay. You know, it's not weird that it's like 2018 and we're posting on Craigslist Misconnections still. Um, Let's go for this. So I do a little post like, hey, I was at Harris Teeter at this time. I saw you. You looked like this. Um, If you think this was you, like reply, send me a photo and like confirm that it's you. So... I post this that night. The next morning, I get an email, and I open it, and I'm like, okay, creeper status. Like, this is going to be a weirdo. Um, Opening it up, like, half expecting a dick pic. Um, And I open the email, and it's not a dick pic, and um, it is the guy. Like, it is, he sends a photo of himself, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm getting married! Like, when does this happen? Like, legitimately, when does that happen? Like, how often do you post and you actually find the guy? Like, oh my God, this is a rom-com. Like, I need to call my mom. Like, this is serious. Um, So, get all excited. We exchange information. We, like, FaceTime that night. Like, we have a decent conversation. I mean, I'm not saying sparks were flying, but, like, all of the stuff leading up to that was really good. So then the conversation being like mediocre, you know, like 
you know, it like balanced it out. So, um, I, so I'm really excited. Well, then we FaceTime the second night, and he's like, hey, hey, show me your tits. And I was like, oh, no. Um, so I, I didn't. I didn't. Don't worry. I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I'm, like, still trying to think, like, okay, maybe this is salvageable. Like, we still, <laughs> we, we still have a connection. Like, this is still Craigslist connections. So, um, so yeah, so I, we're st- we have plans to meet up that weekend. Well, then... Um, later, the next day, he, like, messages me, and he's like, hey, I'm going to need to cancel our date. And I was like, oh, why? And he's like, I actually think you're a little boring. (laughs) There are a lot of fair critiques about my personality. (laughs) Being boring is not one of them. Absolutely not one of them. Um, So, so, um, we didn't go out. Well, fast forward about six months, I go, I'm getting my nails done, yada, yada. The girl's telling me, um, you know, hey, I just got engaged to my baby daddy. We've been together for six years. I'm like, oh, my God, congrats. Let me see photos. And it was him. (laughs) So sometimes you're not actually boring. They're just assholes. Thank you. What I love about that story is it goes from like storybook, I'm getting married. I saw this guy in the grocery store. We connected on, you know, this, you know, it was destiny, all that to, oh God, this guy is a dirty dog, the cheater and the scoundrel, you know, in the course of three minutes. We went, we went on a long journey with her. So before we go on our uh, next final journey with um, our storyteller for this podcast episode, we want to thank Wine Source, which is just the best beer, wine, snack supplier. Um, They are located at 3601 Elm Avenue in Hamden. Um, They are always busy. Every time I walk in there, it is just in the best way, like social distance, busy, people are happy. It looks like a a bustling little town. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Source. And they've been a wonderful supporter of the soup. Um, so please support them. And our next um, and final storyteller for this trick or treat podcast is um, Kevin Callagher, aka Cal. And he's a cartoonist. Um, he's won awards all over. He um, His work appears in the Baltimore Sun and The Economist. Um, he's published books. He has been all over the world to have exhibits of his work. Um, he's just a really wonderful guy. So check out his work. And for now, he's sharing a story that actually really is a story that's a trick and a treat at the same time. So have a listen. So 2017. I had the honor of being named an artist in residence at a um, music festival in Fort Collins, Colorado. And for this, I made a festival poster, um, had an exhibition, gave a few talks. I mean, it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. But for the accommodation, the festival had set up for me to stay with one of the board members at her renovated house 
which was near the campus of Colorado State University. And uh, when I went to see the house for the first time, it was amazing. It had a big, expanded kitchen. And, uh, you know, I couldn't remember the last time I ever stayed in a basement bedroom. But this one was really good. I mean, it had been newly decorated. It was really comfy. I thought, I'm going to be okay. But the best part was they gave me the keys to her red Ford pickup truck that I was going to drive around town to and fro the various different events, right? So anyways, Fort Collins is a town of about 165,000 people, which was quite different from the last time I had visited the place, which was 40 years earlier. I'd been there just after college, visiting a friend from college named Lorraine and her family, her father who worked on the campus, and her mom who was a you know, high school language teacher, and her three siblings. And what I really, really remember from that visit was that on the last day in the living room, I got the whole family together, and I drew caricatures of each of the family members as a kind of a farewell gift. It was a very great, great, great time all together. So anyways, now that I'm back in Fort Collins, I'm going back and forth to these events, right? And I decide every now and then, I'm going to take a little detour and find that house. And I would go into neighborhoods that look kind of familiar, and I'd be looking around trying to eyeball this. Did it for a couple of days, no luck. But the good news was, I was going to be meeting my friend Lorraine. She only lived 20 minutes away, and she was going to come into town, and I'm looking forward to seeing her. So beautiful day in Fort Collins. We meet in one of the parks, and we're nattering away about friends and family, you know, having a great time. And then finally, I get the courage up to ask her about my navigational sleuthing. I say, Lorraine, can you tell me, where was your house? And she says, oh, it was on the northeast corner of Stover and Elizabeth. And I go, ah, Stover and Elizabeth, Stover, yes. That's like kitty corner to the United First Methodist Church is over there. She said, yeah. Well, you know, let's face it, Fort Collins has got tens of thousands of houses, hundreds of streets, scores of intersections. But I remembered that house because that house was the house I was currently staying in. And to compound the coincidence, I was staying in the exact same basement bedroom that I had done 40 years earlier. Yes, so Lorraine says, can we go back to the house? I said, I got the keys, let's go. So now I'm driving to the house and now I'm looking at it with more discerning eyes, right? So I'm like, I'm finally kind of seeing the skeleton of the house that I remembered from before. But it had been amply re-landscaped and painted and expanded. So, you know, it was really kind of understandable. But Lorraine was very um, relieved that when we got there, that, you know, the old oak tree that she learned to climb as a little girl had not been felled to fit the expansion. And then we went into the kitchen, the little nook where her and her sister used to play dolls was still there. And so we're going into the living room, and she gets on the phone to her sister, you know, amazing. And so I go in. I plop myself in the sofa right in the bay window, just like drinking in all this craziness, right? And then it hits me. Like a floodgate just pours on my head. This 
was the spot that I sat in when I drew her family caricatures. Seriously, I could see her mom across from me. Her dad was next to her. Then to my right was her older brother, Eric, who had just left to go down to his bedroom to get his best cowboy boots on before I drew him. And I was seeing this thing whole appear, but also I was transported back to that moment. I saw myself here in the seat, you know. Now, full head of ginger hair, right? <laughs> Taut skin. But on the inside, I could feel that this kid was a ball of nerves because his life story had yet to be written. And, you know, here's a kid who he wanted always to be a cartoonist, right? He had done cartoons for high school newspaper, for his college newspaper. And, uh, but now he's out in the real world. It was like, you know, this is going to be a real big challenge because one person said to him that it was statistically easier to get into the NBA than to become a professional cartoonist. That is true. And so I'm thinking, I think this is pretty hard. Plus, this stupid 22-year-old had no backup plan, right? He had all of his eggs in this one basket. And so you, you can imagine that anxiety level was up here. And I, in present form, thinking, I just want to talk to this kid. I just want to say, dude, I know you like to draw cartoons. Guess what? You're going to draw thousands of cartoons. They're going to appear all around the world. And some people, some people are going to give you prizes for them. But you know what's even better than that? You're going to meet all of these amazing people on your journey. You're going to build a, a beautiful family. And you're not going to believe this. You're going to end up in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Right. So, so now, now I'm back and picturing my 22-year-old self at this point. His head has now exploded. Brains are on the ceiling. You're right. Bits falling down. You know, this living room now is a hot mess. But it's a happy mess. It's a real happy mess. So here's a question for you guys is that I, you know, I don't know how many of you guys believe in time travel, right? But if you do and you're planning a trip sometime in the future, I know where there's a portal. <laughs> it's at the northeast corner of Stover and Elizabeth in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think what is so great about that story is he has no regret looking back. And I think that's pretty unusual, you know, not to look back and be like, oh, that that younger version of me had big dreams, but like they didn't know any better. And now I'm just living it. You know what I mean? I just yeah, love that. No. He's just got good, positive vibes all yeah. the time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, not like not in a twee way. I mean, he's like his political cartoons are are really, they can sometimes be very dark and they're just always funny and always on point. But yeah, he's just, yeah. he's just got a lot of good neurotransmitters coursing through that brain of his. Just like you do. <laughs> yeah. I'm a real picture of neurotransmission health. 
uh, okay. which is not we are the gonna, case. <laughs> well, we should wrap up now, give everybody's neurotransmitters a bit of a rest. Um, before we get out of here, we want to thank Golden West, which is an Omni restaurant with a vegan forward menu, and they're located on the Avenue in Hamden. And we want to let you know that we have a show. We have another live in-person indoor show coming up on Wednesday, November 3rd. It's at the Creative Alliance here in Baltimore. And the theme is nightlife, stories about wild times unexpected encounters and after dark escapades. So maybe you even have a Halloween story that you will want to share. So this is an all audience show. Come to share a three minute story or come to listen. Um, you can visit stoopstorytelling.com for info about that show and to learn about all of our upcoming events. We are figuring out our holiday show right now. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stoop Storytelling Series. Thank you to Maureen Harvey for producing the podcast and to y'all for listening. And we will be back soon with more stories from the students. Bye. Good night. <laughs>